Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Breakfast Theology. Surprisingly, Here at the beautiful IHOP restaurant uh, with oh, brand yeah. new menus. <clears throat> That's mm. right. And you know why they make new menus? Because we've been here enough to fund IHOP to get upgrades. That's how they increase the prices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Chuck's, uh, Chuck's over here creating an IHOP conspiracy theory about... <laughs> it probably is true. I mean, it's hard to update a price on a printed piece of paper without printing a new one. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's been laminated. <laughs> yep. They just go over the old price with exo uh, marker and like write in <laughs> new prices. Yeah. Well, good morning, everybody. Yeah, good morning. Welcome to the second to last episode of Breakfast Theology. So the three amigos here today, you probably have already discerned that if you're listening. I wonder how many people realized it wasn't you introducing the episode today. If you thought it was me. Raise your hand. If you, if you thought Josiah was talking right at the beginning, then let us know. I was about to say, me might be confusing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Isaac. Let's figure out a phrase to say. I'll edit this out. Okay. Let's figure out a phrase to say, and we're going to say it back and forth, and we're going to see if people can tell a difference. International Bank of Pancakes. Okay. International Bank of Pancakes. International Bank of Pancakes. International Bank of Pancakes. International Bank of Pancakes. Let me guess. (laughs) Chuck has a distinct advantage in this game. Let's say it at the same time. Three, two, one. International Bank of Pancakes. That is pretty close. Yeah, that is pretty close. Siri responds to both of us on our phones, which is fun. One of these things is not like the other. (laughs) Isaac's voice is just two years younger than mine. That's the only difference. That's accurate. (laughs) I don't know if you can tell a sound by its age, but I guess you kind of can. Kids definitely sound different than adults. Use an old violin. Compared to a new violin, uh, yeah, I they say so. there's a difference in the sound there. I watched a documentary on Stradivari violins. Anyway, that's going to be a side tangent. We don't need to get into that. <laughs> I like how you <laughs> recognized yourself and caught yourself. Yeah, we're here today, uh, as we did last week with Chuck, where he's uh, picked a topic and wanted to talk about it, something that he was passionate about. We're doing the same thing today with Isaac. So, oh. I was just about to say. Yeah, we have to do breakfast. The breakfast part of the theology. Right, that's right. I had a bacon, bourbon bacon jam eggs benedict. It's like a bacon eggs. That really sounded like you just thought of five random words and just put it together. <laughs> five breakfast words you yeah. throw it in the hat, pull it out. Yeah. Bourbon. It's just not for breakfast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh,. It was like a English muffin with eggs benedict on top of it, essentially. And it was very good. Yeah, that was part of the new part of the menu, the mm-hmm. upgrade. And so all of us had a different variation of those eggs benedict. Eggs benedict. I had a spicy poblano, and it actually had good spice. A lot of times at restaurants when they say something spicy, it's not that spicy. But this actually had some good spice to it. It was good. Yeah. Mine was a traditional, and it was... Pretty much traditional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember going to Wendy's and they had ghost chili pepper fries. 
and I was like, oh, I love spice. If you're gonna order these, and I ate them, and I was like, this is like not even a jalapeno level spice. You know, like yeah, I've had a slice of ghost chili before, like like a raw ghost chili. Cool. And I cried for like ten minutes. Like my <laughs> I, I wasn't like weeping, but my eyes were watering. Oh yeah. And like I was in a lot of discomfort. So like when you go from that ghost chili experience to like this kind of tastes like a bell pepper with like a little cayenne pepper on <laughs> sprinkled on top of you. Like, like this is not the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I distinctly remember a friend of mine in the high school pulling a prank and he had these little Fiji peppers that are really hot and we had at the school lunch of the day we had garlic bread and you like hollowed out a little hole in the inside and put the full pepper in there and stuffed it back over and he went to his friend he's like hey guys there's a new challenge called the garlic bread challenge and the fastest <laughs> one to be able to eat a piece of garlic bread wins and, and so that and a friend of ours is like oh i'm in let's do it together and so of course he hands them the one that has the entire fiji pepper in it and they go to eat together and all of a sudden he starts realizing why he's in pain after eating this garlic bread it's because he consumed an entire fiji pepper it was it was hilarious and kind of a mean trick that was completely irrelevant same well i'm glad that wasn't one of your friends <laughs> yeah we had a, a kid from fiji in our school and his parents grew peppers and so he'd bring them and just eat these little tiny peppers. Yeah. And just little things? Yeah, it was like I was in middle school and this kid to be that was big. like they're not even that spicy, like some like midwestern cornfield boot wearing tucked in shirt kind of kid that's like in seventh grade, like yeah. making fun of this kid from Fiji. He's like, I could eat that, you're like not even that tough. And in the guy was like, You no, seriously don't eat these. Like please don't. <laughs> like he wasn't even like trying to defend himself. He was just trying to save. He's just trying kid. to protect the other kid. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, No, give me one. And he like takes one and like bites it and <laughs> they end up having to call an ambulance. <laughs> because he's like hyperventilating and like wow. like on the verge of like vomiting. Cause like like the spiciest thing he's ever had is like fried chicken from KFC. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> Maybe salt. <laughs> what is it about people eating peppers that makes us laugh? It's pain. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We maybe it's more of a guy thing to laugh at. I don't know. Does that hurt? It's cruel. It's part of the fall. Anyway, we are <laughs> right on track here. Oh yeah, <laughs> for Isaac to introduce this topic. We're, we're today. doing well. For all of you guys waiting patiently, thank you for your patience. Yeah. So that's just what I was already saying. We just. The three of us have been doing this for a very long time, and so we thought a good way to have the last three episodes was to spend per episode what each of us find a very significant thing we want to communicate to all the people listening. And so today's my turn. This has been something that's been <clears throat> on my heart and mind for a long time now, the last few years. And you know, there's a difference between understanding and knowing something. And then going through the experience and then knowing, knowing something, you know, like an internalized sense of what it means, what you've known before. And that's definitely the case for me with this topic today. So my basic statement, umbrella statement about this is that God's goodness does not always equal pleasant is the idea. Um, I think it's easy for us as believers at times to convince ourselves that, you know, oh, if we're going to be, you know, if I'm obedient to God and I follow his will and I go by his wisdom and I'm avoiding all these bad sins and I'm pursuing these good virtues from God and obedient to him, then 
I'm going to receive his blessings. I'm going to receive, like, my life's going to turn out way better. It's going to be a lot more pleasant than if I was going to be disobedient. And to be fair, there is merit to that. You know, if you're obedient to God, you're going to avoid a lot of damage and brokenness that comes from being sinful. And so there can be more pleasant things in regard to that, I suppose. But there are times when being obedient to God and following God and bringing about his goodness is directly correlated with having to experience some pretty terrible or challenging or hard or hard times. Um, I know it's not a very fun, uplifting thing to talk about, but that is what I feel strongly about wanting to communicate in the episode today is sometimes being obedient to God and following God and trying to bring about what is honoring to him in a situation might not always be a pleasant experience. I think uh, that ideology or that mentality is really just a, I don't know, a product of Western modern Christianity to some extent Mm. that, you know, we can't, we couldn't have that same attitude if we were in a different time in a different place even right even in this time in a different place oh where yeah christianity comes at a risk right in the united states i mean yeah there's things you sacrifice and like if you're doing your faith correctly there are going to be hardships even in in the christian western culture but it's also very right. easy to be a nominal christian without much dedication yeah yeah <clears throat> so if you look at the apostles life for example in the new testament or even the prophets in the old there's nothing easy there's good things but there's nothing easy about the goodness right. or something pleasant you know there's well what the world calls pleasant i think that's that we right need to distinguish right. a little bit. yeah i guess that's fair uh, I guess there's for the no sake of worldly comforts in that. Right. I guess for the sake few. of my terminology, for everyone being on the same page, when I'm saying pleasant at the moment, I'm meaning things that are comfortable and in the moment seem universally really agreed nice. upon to be yeah. nice. Yeah. Like going to uh, Ben and Jerry's and getting a thing of ice cream. That's pleasant. Right, you know, like that sounds nice. Yeah, so I guess that's what I mean by things that yeah, are financial enjoyable. security, good, healthy relationships, things that are like enjoyable to to experience, prosperity in business, yeah, yeah, success in your pursuits. Right. So that's what I was meaning when I was saying pleasant okay. was something that's enjoyable, especially to worldly standards or general standards. Okay. So, but yeah, like, like it says in Psalm one, everything he does will prosper. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, so as, you know, Josiah was saying, there's all kinds of people we can see in Scripture that very much point to this truth that sometimes being a God follower means some pretty challenging, difficult things come in your life. And not just as a result of because the world's against you, if you're in God's side, but sometimes even have challenge come to you by doing the very things that God is asking you to do. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to look at one example of that, and there's plenty, but I want to start in Ezekiel. So Ezekiel chapter 4, 
the whole entire chapter, really, but I was going to look at a little section of it just as a snippet. Ezekiel 4. Ezekiel chapter 4. By the way, for everyone's just... I guess I want to give a little advertisement for them. I am using the REV translation right now when I read the... I'm okay. Yes, please, for me. Yes, yes, please. I'm using the revised English version, which is a version that their their biblical unitarians are creating and making and it's a great translation spirit of truth is spirit of truth yep so if you know spirit of truth or you've heard of them before or you want a bible (coughs) translation that you know the interpreters or yeah the ones doing the interpreting and translating yeah i prefer to use the word translator not interpreter yeah (laughs) you're you're right the one if you prefer the knowledge of a translator of a bible you're reading not having a Trinitarian bias, but maybe might be more leaning towards Unitarian belief. Revised English version is a great translation. And, and to be clear, everybody listening, uh, there are very few verses in Scripture where that bias really comes out. Correct. But there are verses where that bias can make a difference in the in the particular options that you choose. Yes. So the REV does a good job, I think. Yes, for sure does. All that being said, I was forgetting to actually go to my <laughs> Bible. <laughs> so, let me get to that real quick. Don't worry. Okay. There's no amount of time I cannot edit out. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Might be time that you want to hurry up in real time. Anyway, so in Ezekiel chapter 4, this is one of the many examples when God calls a prophet to do something or live a certain way as an object lesson towards Israel. And this whole chapter is a very interesting one to read. And if you are reading it, you would go, wow, I'm glad God's never asked me to do this before. (laughs) But this is just a snippet of that to kind of just give a summary of what this chapter is like. So Ezekiel chapter 4, verse 10. uh, Part of what God's saying to Ezekiel here. He says, your food that you will eat will be weighed 20 shekels a day. From time to time, you will eat it. You are to drink water by measure the sixth part of a hen. From time to time, you will drink you eat it as barley cakes and you'll bake it in their sight, their sight being Israel's sight, with dung that comes out of man. Just pause for a second. We didn't look over the other verses where God's telling him to lay on his left side for 390 days and then later on tells him to then lay on his right side for another 40 days. And so he's like laying here on his side, stuck in one spot, having to bake his food by using the fuel for his fire be human waste. Now later, he talks with God and God says, okay, final compromise, I'll have it be cow dung instead. Which is actually quite a bit of an upgrade. It is an upgrade. (laughs) But you're still using poop to fuel your fire to make food. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not very pleasant. Mm -hmm. It's just one example. (laughs) Yeah. You know, here he is, for him to be obedient to God... Right to do God's will and to bring about God's goodness, right? Because we would say anything that God does is good, and all of His ways are going to prosper. But this isn't enjoyable. This isn't pleasant, as I was using the terminology before. You know, um, it, it's actually intentionally opposite of pleasant on purpose. Yeah, yeah, to make the point. And God is, and, and He's. And that experience is coming to him directly because God is asking him to do it. Yeah. Like, it's not like 
his enemies are out against him making him do this his obedience to God is what's causing this you know and I think it's worth thinking about for a moment for us as Christians can we also say like could we fairly also could we also fairly say that we're looking for what defines God's glory like right. what brings him glory right like because something he does that is good also brings him glory and he does things that bring him glory right and those things are inherently good because God is good right absolutely yeah it's kind of also a foundational assumption of as we were saying the modern day maybe United States Christian has a different idea of what good might mean than what God does at times this might be an example of that you know or bringing God's glory and bringing about justice and bringing about peace might have a challenging unenjoyable process to bring that to peace at times that was uh I'm just remembering of a conversation I had with someone once. No, I won't say any names, but they were kind of having this conundrum because they were driving faster than they should down the road, and when they they saw a police officer, like kind of in a little hiding spot, and he like zoomed past the police officer, and he's like, "Oh, this might be bad." The police officer, sure enough, pulls out behind him and starts following him for a minute. He's like, oh, here it comes. I'm going to get a ticket. And all of a sudden, the police officer turns on his lights and zooms past him to get another car that was ahead of him. And he felt like, phew, you know, he felt like that was lucky for him. And he's like, I didn't know if I should praise God for that or not. Because he's like, because he quoted this phrase where it says, you know, every good gift comes from God. But I don't know if that was, if, you know, I was doing the right thing. And that's when I... Like at that time, we're at the point of, well, there's a difference between something being good and something being like enjoyable or pleasant. You know, like that might have been an enjoyable or pleasant moment for you to not have to get pulled over for for the ticket for speeding. Doesn't necessarily mean that it was God given or not. You know. Anyway, all that back to this point of. So it's like. I almost got caught in my sin, but God provided a better sinner. Right, right. You know, that might, <laughs> that might be the thinking. You know, so this is a... Uh, you could um, also say, I was almost punished for my sin, but then God provided a better sacrifice. <laughs> One could say that. One, one might even say that might be kind of the crux of our entire belief system. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, to be that for us. Yeah, so this is just one example I wanted to start off with, uh, just to get this conversation going. Because this is someone that is being obedient to God. I mean, he's a prophet. You know, he's following all the conditions of this like previous statement I made you know if someone's going to be completely obedient to God follow his will then his life should be ending up more enjoyable and pleasant than someone who's being disobedient and that's not the case in fact him at this moment being disobedient to God meant he wouldn't have to go through that unpleasant or unenjoyable I should say uh, 
moment of having to lay on his side and use cow dung to cook his food. You know. Well, yeah, I don't know if you're going to use the example of Jesus. Mm. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's what you're thinking. Well, his prayer in the garden before he was arrested points to this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. But if you want me to, I will. Yeah. And I'm I'm not an expert, but it seems to me that that would be a pretty unpleasant thing to go through. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a safe assumption. I would agree with you on that. Any one of them, not the whole process. Right. Yeah. I mean, even the fact you're just being put on trial is uncomfortable. I mean, like... Or being falsely mocked. At yeah, or it just like of things even the did. non-physical parts are like unpleasant to be in those situations. Yeah, just like has small stories that I think we can draw a bigger example from that goes to this point. So like Daniel mm-hmm. faithfully walked and was thrown into a lion's den. Yeah. His friends Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego. They were thrown into the fire. Yeah. Paul, thrown in prison, beaten, shipwrecked. Yeah. Those things. So, I think one thing that we, one thing that we get wrong, I think, in modern day Christianity is that when we pray, we say, and like we are trying to really seek God's glory, and there's a difficult situation ahead of us, or we're in the midst of it. Mm. What we're often praying is for that situation to disappear. Right. Or turn out good. And, or to turn out good, which I think is a better prayer than for it to just go away. Right. I think we often want to just get rid of difficulty, like we're praying mm. for comfort, instead of praying for God to provide a way through it. Mm. So, like, it'd be like if <coughs> Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego said, God, please let the fire go away. Yeah, please get rid of this fiery As, furnace. Instead of, like, deliver us through the fire. Or, mm. like, Daniel would be like, please let these lions disappear instead right. of protecting me from the lions. Right. Or provide a way through the lions. Or like right. Paul saying, let these situations disappear instead of providing me a way through them. He did. He did. And God said no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Remove this thorn my from my grace, flesh. he said, is sufficient. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My grace in your life is better than if your problem went away. Hey, there's the grace that you're talking about last Amen. time. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So I think that's one mentality that we need to come to right. grasp with is that when we're seeking God's glory and his goodness and we're praying through difficult situations, mm. to really bring God's glory and goodness may not mean the disappearance of a difficult situation, mm. but deliverance through it. Right. Which means you're probably still going to have to endure some rough stuff. Right. Again, that's just like we have to be okay with that. Right. If you want to say, yeah, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior, buckle up for him to say, okay, go and die on the cross daily. Mm-hmm. He calls us to that. Bonhoeffer said that in his book. Jesus bids us come and die. Mm. Die is an unpleasant word, an unenjoyable word. Have you ever died? I have not died. Well, I have not literally died. Well, you really don't know if it's unpleasant or not. <laughs> I guess that's true. 
But I think if we went out and asked people, hey, would you like to die today? I think most people would probably say no. 911. Yeah, there's a crazy man running around asking people if they want to die. Right. I guess that's the point when I get across. You know, Josiah, it's a really good point you bring up is what's a better prayer? To pray, God, can you change the environment around me to coddle my weakness? Yeah. Or, God, help me be strong enough to handle the environment around me. You know, what's a better prayer for your strength or for the world to change around you? Um, and we see time and time again throughout Scripture that these people, their prayer for God's protection and, and stuff is not to remove the challenge, but to give strength to, be, to overcome the challenge. And that's a big paradigm difference. And the question then is, what bring God? What brings God more glory? Right. Someone easily walking through an easy situation, mm. or someone faithfully walking through a difficult one? Right. And when we ask that question, it becomes pretty obvious why Christians are strengthened and not situations made easier. Right. I mean, watch any. If you had a choice between watching two movies, one where. It's a traditional idea of there's a main character and they have challenge and obstacle that comes their way and they overcome or defeat it in some way. Or another movie where there's no conflict at all and they go through life easy peachy. You would rather want to watch the movie where there's the, the obstacle, yeah. there's the conflict, right? There, there's more that's happening there. What would you rather watch? A bunch of people sitting around in lawn chairs or people sprinting against each other? Mm. You know, like, what the Olympics was just, like, an award ceremony mm. without any of the running or the striving. Right. Or what if the NFL, there was no games played, because at the end they just chose people to be first, second, yep. third, fourth, okay, fifth. you guys, like, randomly, your guys are the first place team. Right, around yeah. The yeah, yeah. Yeah, they would not get very much funding for very long. Well, when you brought up the topic, I was having a difficult time getting my mind to around that mm -hmm. idea until I came to Romans chapter 2 verses 4 verse 4 do you despise the riches of his goodness mm -hmm. forbearance and long suffering not knowing the goodness of God leads you to repentance. Mm. Mm. Now, in and of itself, I would like to ask the question, do you want to get rid of your sin? Yes, I would love to. God's goodness is leading you to repentance, to mm -hmm. turn your back on it. Right. And repenting can lead to difficult times. Mm. Guilt mm -hmm. or remorse. Those kinds of things. Yeah. When the repentance doesn't really take a, take a hold of you. Mm -hmm. I, I like how the NASB puts verse 4. He says, Do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and restraint and patience? Like... This idea that God 
is holding himself back mm. from executing judgment. Yeah. That he's totally right in doing. We all should take a moment to be very thankful for his restraint on his judgment. Very thankful. And that is that restraint, that patience, that kindness towards us that leads us to repentance. You know, it's a part of uh, living is pain. Like, in this age, part of being alive is having difficulty. But because of God's patience in our lives, that difficulty, this difficult age, can lead to our salvation, too. Mm -hmm. So, like, God's glory is also brought through just the suffering of this world in general. Right. Right. Yeah, I was just thinking of that problem, the psalm that says a man's life will be six score and ten years and if it's another ten years it's going to be hard mm. and full labor right mm. right you know I, I want to want to also go to another passage real quick I want to yeah. go to Acts chapter 9 11 and 16 we already talked about this a little bit, about Paul. Um, but I want to draw attention to a particular section here. So Acts chapter 9 is the famous chapter where we see Paul's amazing, dramatic uh, transformation when he encounters Jesus and on the road to Damascus. And after that scene, uh, we see the Lord talk to Ananias, a man that's going to be in Dama uh, Damascus and help out Paul. It says here in verse 11, The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street that is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one named Saul, a man of Tarsus, for, for look, he is praying. And he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and laying his hands on him so that he would receive his sight. First of all, this is unpleasant for Ananias. Hey, go up to this person that's like a murderer of your people, a persecutor of your people, and help him. Mm How -hmm. I many of you would want to do that? You know, Verse 13, Ananias answered, understandably, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your holy ones at Jerusalem. He has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. Like, why am I doing this? Look at verse 15. As, as if Jesus didn't know. Yeah, yeah, as if Jesus didn't already know. <laughs> oh, right. Jesus, like, oh, sorry, I didn't oh, know Paul was that guy. My, I thought he was just some random guy, sorry. Verse 15, look at this. But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is a chosen vessel to me to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. This sounds awesome, right? This sounds like a great, wonderful thing. Verse 16, And I will show him how many things he must suffer for the sake of my name. Yep. Obeying Jesus and obeying God is directly associated for Paul with suffering. Not like as a byproduct, not because like oops. happen chance or oops, but because he is choosing to be obedient to God. Unpleasant or unenjoyable and suffering moments are going to come to him. Mm -hmm. From the get-go. Like he knew this is what it was going to be from the get-go. And, you know, you already mentioned this, about, you know, 2 Corinthians 11, 23 through 28, 
uh, where he lists all of yeah them. where Paul's like hey here's all the things I've had to endure and it's like shipwrecked multiple times receiving the 40 minus 1 lashes from the Jews being stoned having constant pressure from like taking care of the churches like I think if he went to anybody and said hey would you guys like to be an apostle and they'd be like oh yeah and he's like alright these are the requirements you have to probably endure this and this and this and list off the things he went to think a lot less hands would be raised you know because it's not enjoyable not pleasant there's also some culture christian cultures that have self self-appointed or church-wide appointed apostles and like bishops right and like and yeah it's good to have leaders but to use the word apostle mm. and like some i mean not everybody uses the word apostle in the same way but like some right. people do like put themselves on the same level right. as like these New Testament <laughs> disciples, right? And with like the same kind of authority and things like that, right? And they seem to reap the benefits of this age from their position. Yep. And you wonder how inconsistent is that with the apostleship of the New Testament? Yeah. You know? Like those are. Whatever you're doing is not the same thing. Yeah, it's not that the these same. people were doing. Right. Like having your your private jet. Yeah. Fly you first class around the world at your beck and call. Yeah. Driving around your two hundred thousand dollar cars and your fifteen thousand dollar suits and your yeah. and your mansion. Right. And you say, oh yeah, yeah, I've been appointed an apostle, and it's good that you're preaching the word of Jesus. I'm not gonna. Even Jesus says that those who aren't against me are with me. You know, like, even if maybe they're doing it in a wrong way a little bit. But it's a far cry from the sacrifice. Right. Right. I also, for the sake of time as well, want to also point to another scripture here. To Hebrews chapter 12. Seven? Uh... No, Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 7? Oh, sorry. Uh, I actually want to start at verse 5. You want to start all over again? <laughs> <laughs> Let's start in Genesis 1 yeah, and so read to Hebrews 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Hebrews chapter 12. I want to start at verse 5. And you I'm should gonna, start in verse 4. Yeah, sorry. I want to start in verse 4. I want to go to verse 11 real quick. This is another aspect of sometimes God's goodness requires some enduring of hardship. Verse 4. You have not yet resisted to blood, striving against sin. And have you completely forgotten the encouragement that addresses you as sons? My son, do not lightly regard the discipline of the Lord, nor be wary when you are reproved by him. For whom the Lord loves, he disciplines and punishes every son whom he accepts as a son. It is for dis- discipline and guidance that you must continue to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without that discipline, something all sons have shared in, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we gave them reverence. Should we not submit ourselves all the more to the Father of Spirits and live? Amen. For they indeed disciplined us for a few days in ways that seemed good to them. But he disciplines us for our profit, 
so that we can be partakers of his holiness. And indeed, all of discipline seems at the time to not be joyous but painful. Yet afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Mm-hmm. Just a perfect example of, in the end, in the kingdom, the things that we might encounter as enjoyable, and the things that we as humans want to experience and desire and wish are comfortable and good. God, he's not like anti that. Right? God's not like, if it's comfortable, I don't want you to have it. It's just redefining how you get that, redefining what that is, and having to go through some stuff to get there from point A to point B. You know, and sometimes that requires a discipline from God, which at the time, according to Hebrews, might feel not joyous and painful, but yields fruit of righteousness and goodness at the end. And we know that we can be loved by God, and that's for His goodness. You know, I just... I think it's a very powerful passage to state this point. Yes. Jesus summed it up by saying, if you're going to come after me, you better deny yourself and take up your cross. Right. As Paul says, he is poured out like a drink offering on behalf of the people he's ministering to. Right. Which, if you think about a cup and an Old Testament drink offering, what happened? It's entirely dumped out. It's empty. Right. It's, there's nothing left of it. It's already scattered. Of yeah. Like, that's... If you think about that as yourself, like, you're just... Who you are, your energy, your efforts, mm-hmm. your willpower... Your plans, desires... It's all poured out. Like, it's just... You give up yourself. Right. Right. We are like sheep. Home for the slaughter. Mm-hmm daily right mm-hmm. but it's not just for the sake of enduring stuff yeah it's not for the sake of just doing it yeah that's the thing it's not for the sake of just being able to be like look I went through all this pain and endured it some people do hard things just to say that they've done hard things like right there are people who climb Mount Everest and run marathons just to say look I did it yep and that's, I did that's useless <laughs> you you ran a marathon yeah that's awesome no well, it <laughs> God's awesome. Ah, fair enough. And uh, Stacy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not like saying like doing hard things and like pushing yourself is bad, but like that is not what we're talking about, right? You don't go through these persecutions, trials, and discipline just for the sake of doing it. It's for a purpose. It's to bring God his glory. For a participation trophy. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. It's for God's goodness. And part of that package of God's goodness is true and abundant life to you in a way that will be way more enjoyable and pleasant in the kingdom than you could ever imagine. There will be a time for uninterrupted feasting and joy yeah. and where everything is going to be provided without without restraint. Yep. Right. The invitations have been sent out. Right. The things that we typically will see and go, oh, that sounds comfortable. That sounds nice. That sounds enjoyable. That sounds comfortable. That sounds awesome. There will be that and far beyond what we could ever imagine in the kingdom. So it's not like God is against those. It really is such 
a short I mean not that it neglects the difficulty of things mm-hmm. but like when you really think about it that way mm-hmm. it does help increase your endurance right yeah you know as Jesus said those who love their life will lose it you know but those who lose their life for my sake will have it you know it's in the end we all want to have life we all want to have happiness we all want to have joy we all want to have safety and comfort and security and family and all these things and God is saying but there's a my way to get that and there's your way to get that and your way is cheap and temporary and temporary it doesn't last yeah my way is better but you have to go through things to get it it's like the Harbor Freight Pittsburgh tools or the snap-on tools (laughs) (laughs) which one which one do you want here you go or even earlier in Hebrews chapter 12 you know where it says let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily entangles us let us also run with endurance the race is set before us fixing our eyes on Jesus the leader and finisher of our trust who because of the joy that was set before him right there's joy in front of him he sees that there's something good and desirable and enjoyable that he wants uh, endured the cross thinking nothing of the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God he gave himself as a drink offering, quite literally. He gave, he poured out his blood for us. He endured all kinds of terrible suffering for us. And, but he was doing it not just for the sake of doing it, but because there is a joy set before him that he was running towards. And we should imitate that if we're going to exactly. be Christ people. The Christians. same joy set before us. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. same inheritance same resurrection yeah. same life right we're joint heirs amen to that any closing thoughts any last things that are left unsaid um unpleasantness with God in his goodness is better than the pleasantness in the world mm. It's true. Without God, yeah. That's true. Even if you're talking to Carnival Cruise. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's right. I've been on cruises and I've found that four nights, five nights, that's about enough. You know, like You're glad you weren't a sailor. <laughs> when things get rough, you know, you really appreciate the unmovingness of the earth. And the <laughs> how you can't just stand on the ground and drown. Yeah, the ground doesn't try to swallow you up. Yeah, unless, unless you're, you're a Korra. Yeah, I was about to <laughs> say unless you're using strange fire. Uh, yeah, the, the Korra rebellion, the wilderness, the earth opened up and swallowed them. Yeah, and what was I saying? Oh yeah, like a carnival cruise. You know, there's only so much. At, as at some point, the goodness as scripture says you know to great i think we're good i think we're good we're, we're good yeah mm-hmm. at least we try to be <laughs> yeah it's like when scripture says uh to a person who's like fully fed like honey it makes them sick you know mm. and that's what the world's goodness really does it's just it's like it's this gluttony that feeds yourself for a time and then eventually you just 
it's nothing. You know, it leaves you sick or wanting. Mm. So all of this to say, for those listening, the thing, uh, this has been a great conversation. The things I want all of you to, to hear is, and this is things you might already know, but might be a good reminder. If you're following God and you're being obedient to him and you feel like right now that is directly causing you challenge or difficulty or suffering or maybe even persecution at times, it's worth it. This is to be expected of following God. Keep running the race and do not have contempt towards the discipline and the refining process of the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. And one last thing I just thought about is we can't be unaware that we do have an adversary. Yeah. Like there is a spiritual war going on and so it should be no surprise when it shows up in yeah. your life when it shows mm-hmm. up. Yeah, and if it does, that probably means you're waging it. You <laughs> Which know, is a good sign. You're, yeah, you're, that's a good sign. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Mm-hmm. Yep, and we hope that you join us for the next and last episode of Breakfast Theology. Until next time, saving the best for last. <laughs> no way. See you, man. See ya.